are listening to Faith FM. We have come to the second hour of the show. And Monica, you are going to bring us another clue for the quiz. No, I'm going to bring the, the new quiz question for the, for the no, That's That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. It's going to take you a while to eke that out of your, uh, out of your vocab, mm. right? Uh, <laughs> so you're so used to saying it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is the fourth uh, quiz this morning. Gideon defeated the Midianites with an army of how many? Hmm. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Gideon defeated the Midianites with an army of how many? You can go into the prize draw that's going to be drawn uh, tomorrow, and you could win the big prize. Just takes one, just one question. If you can get it right, you can get one entry into that draw. You can still win the prize. That's right. Happened now, before. prize. Yes, it has, and our prize. For this week, the book, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, an incredible book, getting into the words of Jesus, the things that he said, the things that he preached, and how they not only relate to God and his nature and his being, but also how it can relate to our lives. 0491-064-669. All right. Hey, we have a, uh, we have a couple text messages here. Ooh. This actually, this one comes from Brayden. And he says, morning, Mon and Lawson. My son Ryder was surprised to hear my name mentioned this morning. So I told him about the cat food story. And he is confused why you would want to eat cat food. <laughs> Pranked. Pranked, Monica. Owned. Oh, that's look, tough. Look, Ryder, when I was really, really young, maybe like four years old, Cat food was really colourful and crunchy and delicious. All right, that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> and I didn't. I was too young to understand that there was a difference between human food and animal food. I just thought they were really yum. <laughs> I feel like a text message coming in about that now. That's so funny. Uh, let's read another text message here. Okay, this is actually something that we were thinking about. I was talking about it with Shell during the break. You were you were sharing about water and pulling water from thin air. Mm. At any one instant, the Earth atmosphere contains 37.5 million billion gallons, a million billion, I think that's in the trillions. That's a lot. A million billion gallons of water vapor, enough to cover the entire surface of the planet with one inch of rain if condensed. Wow. This amount is recycled through evaporation, powered by the sun, 40 times each year in what is known as the hydrologic cycle. Wow. So, like, our Earth already functions like that. Basically, water is taken from Mm -hmm. the atmosphere, Mm -hmm. condensed, you know, brought down to Earth in rain droplets, which then lead to things growing, which is necessary and and needed. And it's good that it happens in these types of cycles because then there's also time for sunshine in which when a plant receives both water and sunshine, it will grow. But what we're doing is we're going to the places. This is is the powerful thing, I think, about these devices. So they go to places because there are places that lack sun. There are places that lack rain. And when when you take one of those things out of the equation, things struggle to grow properly. And so if you just go to the places that... Lack rain, steal all the water vapor out of the air, chuck it in the garden, bada bing, bada boom, you've got a, a plant, like you've got a farming industry. Okay. How good. Yeah. How good. That's exciting. All right. Uh, let's read another text message here. Interesting and so sad that so much talent that was born to praise the Lord, gifted by the Lord, were taken over by the world and its false glitter. The mm. devil never sleeps and only the true gift he offers is, the only true gift he offers is broken hearts and lives and, etern- uh, and, lives and eternal death uh, uh, this is getting at the r kelly yeah. Yeah. yeah i was actually just thinking about that you know what a like, what a waste of life he's only 55 years old and because of his poor choices he's now going to spend the rest of his life in prison yeah 
he's he's only what five years older than Lyle. Mm. Like, can you imagine? Like, the, yeah. And it like okay, Lyle. He's mind-boggling. a Lyle is a breakfast show host on Faith FM. A very esteemed honor. No, Lyle's also a servant of God. Mm. R. Kelly is a world famous superstar. At one point, one of the single most successful artists that yeah. there ever was. Like we're talking about a, a chart. He was, called the, he was called the king of R and B. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, now he's in jail for but, molesting yeah. children. Yeah. Like that, it, it, what it ultimately shows is that you're never too far from, from falling. And yeah. yeah, R. Kelly could have been a voice for good, but it just, I think, feel like Hollywood makes it so hard. Like that life just makes it so difficult to actually achieve. Like if you want to promote Christ, how much do you disassociate yourself with your past life? Like that's the question you got to ask. And I think the ultimate case study for that has been Kanye West, who's been like, all right, I'm going to give everything to God, but then I'm still going to sell my old music and associate with it and, you know, call it, oh, this is art from my old life. But now he's kind of fallen back into that life and, and now he's divorced from his wife. And it's just like, you know, you just see because there is glorifying res- known Satanists. And yeah. That's, them up on stage that's right. And, like, yeah. and he's like, oh, I'm doing it in the name of trying to rehabil- rehabilitate these guys and bring them to God. And specifically the known Satanists is like Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. But like, it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. It's like, man, just make a decision and follow it. But the presence of firstly, like his celebrity status and secondarily, like his, um, you know, his his fame and 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 his body of work and what that's brought him and his attachment to that he you know it's the same as the rich young ruler yeah i was about to say the rich young ruler he falls down before christ and he says master what shall i do christ says to him you know he points out a bunch of laws which he should keep the only law that he doesn't point out is covetousness Mm -hmm. and the rich young ruler is like all of these things i've done since my youth and then jesus says to him you know this last point, this last sticking point, it's like on the topic of covetousness, hey, sell all the things that you own. Like you have a covetousness problem. You have a, like you are a wealthy guy. You've been blessed, but it's that blessing is actually leading you to be distant from God. So sell it. Like this is what you need. This is what God is calling you to do. But it was the one thing that the rich young ruler couldn't give up. And the Bible says that he left sorrowful. He as someone who had come so far and done so many things for God mm. to prove, like, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. It was one point that made him leave Jesus. It said he left sorrowful. He could have been one of the disciples. Yeah. He could have been one of the people standing for Jesus at his trial, you know, but instead he leaves sorrowful. And we see that so often. I feel like celebrity status just makes that so difficult. But yeah, in the case yeah. of R. Kelly, like he just, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, having Yikes. money and being famous isn't inherently evil, but it makes it a lot harder for you to kneel before Christ. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Totally agree. Uh, we have another text message here. God disciplines us because he loves us, and it's for our own good. Now, I don't know what necessarily this is in relation to. Maybe R. Kelly? No, no, that was in relation to the uh, the quiz question. Oh. Because question three was, according to Hebrews, why does God discipline his followers? Oh, okay. And this person's kind of just like commenting on the question. It's for our own good. Totally. Dude, if you want to know all about that, if you want to know all about disciplines, particularly from the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12 is probably one of my favorite chapters as the Bible. And it basically says like, if God has not disciplined you, like if you haven't been through hardship, which is actually something we're going to be talking about today in our Bible study. If you haven't been through hardship for the Lord's sake, if God hasn't brought you through any discipline, then you are a false son. 
like Ooh. which is so powerful because mm-hmm. he's it's the book of Hebrews he's writing to the Jews the sons of Abraham the people who claim because of our genetic lineage we are in favor like by God like God has picked us we're legit because you know that that's who we are like genetically uh and Paul is basically writing to them and saying actually <laughs> like if you don't receive discipline from God you're a false son. doesn't matter how Jewish you think you are. doesn't matter. Like, if you could have a line, like, well, they all have a line back to Abraham, but you could have a line back to David, Isaac, Abraham. Like, you could be the most Abrahamic Jewish person ever. But if you haven't been disciplined by God, which is often brought about by, you know, difficult times and whatnot, uh, then you can't call yourself a son. So definitely, it's in our own best interest to be disciplined by God. We have another last text message here. Lawson, you raised a good point as why so many people leave churches. False doctrine and, I will add, lack of true love. What a great opportunity to preach the truth to those who are really searching for the truth. A challenge to all who know the truth and God's love. So, yeah, I I just really, this is exciting. And this is actually something, I said it's my personal experience because I see it a lot. And the context of me saying that is that spending time at university, you meet so many people who grew up Christians. In fact, the demographic that leaves the church the most is that uni age. And so you find so many people who grew up Christian, who who were raised in Christian families, have that Christian background in history, hit that uni age, you know, they're, they're, come out of the nest, so to speak, and then they're, they're a bit unsure of their faith and they all ultimately end up ditching and leaving. And that's, you know, happening so much. But then you talk to these people, you conversate with these people, you start to spend time with these people and you start to show them the truth. They actually, for their, you know, maybe the first time in their life, they receive a witness of what the truth is. And I've seen those people just change overnight, go from absolute backsliders to some of the most faithful people I know. Amen. God can so really true. do that work and it's it's powerful it's amazing you're listening to faith fm positively different radio we are we might get into our bible study now i mean let's do it chatting a lot i, I love text messages guys yeah. send us more text messages 0491 let us know your thoughts on the show this is my favorite part of the show actually is is uh is reading out the text messages from our listeners oh so good also guys if you have any questions of the day Please send them in. Oh, yeah. Send us questions and we will answer them on air. 0491 064 669. But right now, we are going to get into our Bible study. We've been looking at the Shepherd's Crucible. Sorry, did you have something? I just want to say, like, even if you're a little kid listening to this, because, like, we just heard from, um, from, uh, Braden's son, Ryder. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ryder, if you have a Bible question, send it in. Yeah. Don't worry about how young you are or how old you are. If you're 100 or if you're just, you know, five. Then there's a question. I believe Braden doesn't live in the Newcastle area, and I, I know this because he's like claimed prizes before. But uh, listen, Braden, Ryder, if you want to come and meet us, come down to Newcastle <laughs> this weekend. Saturday night, we're going to be having our Faith FM dinner, and we're going to be spending time together. It's going to be Robbie Bergen, Lyle, myself, producer Shell's going to be there. You know, you could meet the one and the only. It's also going to be our, some of our drive time shows as well. We're going to have. Uh, 
Justin and Sharissa Tarosian there, and Sharissa and also Danny Melenkov, who do the Looking Up show, they're going to be there as well. So, guys, if you want to meet Faith of M hosts, if you want to hear powerful presentations as well mm. from the Faith of M hosts, and if you want free food. Oh, yeah. I-, I was wondering about this. I was like, how much is like a ticket to this dinner? But it's, like, it's a free, <laughs> free food. If you want to come, <laughs> we just want to like get to know our community. If you're in the Newcastle area or surrounding, if you want to spend time with us if you want to get to meet us we want to meet you mm-hmm. 0491-064-669 is the number and call and text you can then get the information from there it's going to be saturday night in wall's end here in newcastle but Good hey stuff. let's get into our bible study we're going to pick it up we've been doing this shepherd's crucible let's read psalms 23 and because this is a pretty short psalm i'd say let's read verse 1 to us first four we're going to be particularly focusing on verse 4 today but let's pick it up in verse 4 this is actually really trippy for me because I learned this Bible verse off by heart as a kid, but reading this from a Bible, it's a different version. Oh, we already went through this. Uh, We've been yeah. going through this all week. Like <laughs> It messes with your head. Yeah, that's right. Okay, here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and leaves me behind, besides peaceful streams. Mm. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Awesome. Okay, I didn't even pick it up because it's just like that. The particular verse that we're going to be focusing on is verse four, mm-hmm. and in our Bible, well, in uh, in the regular language, it is "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me." Yeah, you read it. I think it said it uh, like dark. Dark, dark valleys. You're in the NLT. NLT. Yeah, darkest valley. Dark, though, though you lead me through the darkest valley. Now, this is an incredible promise that we're going to be unpacking and understanding today, but it's also probably one of the best rap lyrics of all time. Uh, <laughs> it's like, no, I, I, I just wanted <laughs> I to comment. I believe you're going to bring this up. Uh, well, I just wanted to comment on the fact that this is something that I knew about before I'd ever read the Bible before in my life, mm-hmm. before I'd had any exposure to Christian. I went to Christian schools growing up, before I had any exposure to the Bible or, you know, knowing that this is Psalm 23, Coolio's Gangster's Paradise, you know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say some heresy. Uh, but, <laughs> well, kind of true at the same time. It's like, and I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Like, that was, that song is from the 90s. Like, it's older than me. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, I just growing up in my house, like, that was, that was bumping. That was your exposure to that, the Bible. That was my exposure to the Bible, <laughs> is, is Coolio's Gangster's Paradise. Really a testimony to how e- much easier it is to memorize Bible verses if you put them to music. To- oh, yeah. agree. Agree. Yeah. Man, you should, that's why you guys should get into listening to Bible songs. They're so good. Yeah. Like, scripture songs are amazing. There's uh, one particular group that we play here on the radio. Uh, they're called The Corner Room. Okay. They make a ton of scripture songs mm-hmm. that are awesome. But this Bible verse, you know, we've talked about, okay, the shepherd, he's leading us through to green pastures. The shepherd is amazing. Like, he has our best interests at heart. He's the protector. You know, we are the sheep. He is the shepherd. And we've made this ultimate kind of allusion to the fact that this is talking about Jesus leading us. That's awesome. But then we get to this point, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Again, David is talking here from the perspective of the sheep being led by the shepherd. And it says here that he, as a sheep, is walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Is that a place that you want to hang out in? 
Absolutely not. Yeah, it yeah, sounds no. like that. No, I think I know why they picked it as a rap lyric because that is like scary, scary, scary. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. The valley of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. like a place that you enter into and death is upon you. Essentially, we're talking about the most, the, the, you know, the hardest situations that we come upon in life. And I'm sure for David writing this psalm, like the valley of the shadow of death. Well, actually, we're going to be talking about an experience that David had in a valley. But we're talking also about literal experiences that David had, like in warfare and in battles and in all of his struggles. Like the valley of the shadow of death, where he, you know, uh, literal places where at times David is fearing for his life. And I'm sure there's many out there who go through experiences like that even today. I know that I'm not necessarily fearing for my life, but at the same time, we can be so overburdened by our future, by Oh man, <laughs> future. That's something I'm currently wrestling and, and grappling with myself. But yeah, when we walk into an area that is just so heavy upon us, I got a question for you, Monica. Yeah. Who do you think leads us into the valley of the shadow of death? Do you think it's ourself? Do we walk in the valley or does Jesus lead us into the valley? Who who takes us through the valley? Like, like, well, how do we end up there? I mean, if you look at this Bible verse, it does say that, you know, he talks about the rod and the staff and, mm. you know, and with the role of Christ as a shepherd, you'd think, oh, I, I don't know. I think maybe a combination of like, if you're, if you're living a life, you're going to end up going through a valley at some point anyway. But if you're following him and he leads you through it safely. Mm-hmm. So I know that you're connotating that, you know, it's his, it's the leader's fault for taking you there. But if you're already there, you need someone to lead you out of it. Kind That's of right. Yeah. It is difficult to climb mountains. Mm-hmm. It is easy to fall into valleys. Yeah. To, because valleys are low. Like valleys, man. To, it, is it easier to climb a, to climb a mountain or fall off it? And I would definitely say it <laughs> the is falling part. The falling easy. part is is pretty easy. Ultimately, it is inevitable to end up in valleys, whether you're mm-hmm. following the Lord or not. Especially yeah. when you're not following the Lord, but then even more so when you are. Like whether in both of those situations, we go through hard times, tough times, and trials. And that is because we live in a world of sin. Mm-hmm. Think about it as well. Like, that's actually a really good point. It's like, but if I'm following God, shouldn't things get easier for me? Yeah, no. Shouldn't things get easier? You live in a world that is full of sin. Yeah. Everything around you is dying and is tainted by sin. And the will of the people is also tainted by sin. And you're endeavoring to not do that. By, by trying to follow Jesus, you're essentially swimming upstream. Like... Now, this is the thing. It's if we put it in the analogy of swimming upstream, like Jesus is dividing the waters so that we can go behind him. Jesus is also our shepherd. He is the one that is leading us. But whether you're following God or not, it's natural that you're going to end up in valleys because we live in a world of sin. But especially so if you're trying to follow God because you're the one doing the unnatural thing. And especially if you think about it in the context of the great controversy, like mm-hmm. the Bible does describe the devil as, a, as you know, a roaring lion. And if you've aggravated him by deciding to follow Christ, he's going to come for you even more. Mm, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, like, by you making an unnatural decision according to, you know, the world that we live in and the wills that we have, like, it's go- of course you're going to hit difficult times. Now, this idea of, of valley, uh, there's actually a really cool story in the Bible that actually relates to David Light. Do you want to go to, for us, Monica, can you turn over to Second Samuel? We're going to read chapter 15 and verse 23. So Second Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23. 
Everyone cried loudly as the king and his followers passed by. They crossed the Kidron Valley and then went out toward the wilderness. Mm. This is a story about David. David, when his son Absalom rebels against him and forces him like to the point where he has to flee Israel and escape because he's at fear of death and by the, by the hand of his own son, whom he loves. This is an incredibly difficult story, a very difficult time in, in his life. And him crossing the Kidron Valley, it says here, or the Brook Kidron, you know, there was a river that ran through the Kidron Valley, ultimately represented his rejection by the rest of Israel, you know, of David. And, you know, the, his life is on the line here. He's escaping by crossing the Kidron Valley. And it's actually mirrored by Christ. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're going to have another, our last question for the quiz. Yes, we are. Quiz question. Okay, <laughs> well okay. Done, I'm, I'm learning. Well all right, done. All right, you're okay. right. After Peter assured Jesus three times that he loved him, what did Jesus ask him to do? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. After Peter assured Jesus three times that he loved him, what did Jesus ask him to do? Mm. You know, if someone told me three times that they love me, I would ask them to buy me things. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lawson. Okay, so now you have to buy me things. Is that is that what you wanted from that? I ain't buying you nothing. <laughs> okay, I, no, I bought you spice today. Oh, that's actually sick. Yeah. Yeah. What is this called? Uh, Shichimi Tarograshi. That's awesome. Well, I've got some in, in the studio here this morning. We're going to get into our, back into our Bible study this morning. Uh, and we're going to be picking it up in Psalms 23. Well, we're reading in Psalms 23, actually. We're going to be in 2 Samuel. We read about David. He explains, you know, throughout Psalms 23, this experience of following the shepherd and how he is the sheep and the shepherd leads him to green pastures but also leads him through a valley of the shadow of death now we briefly read second samuel 15 you want to read it for us again actually second samuel 15 and verse 23 let me just quickly actually yeah, verse 22 and 23 uh second samuel 15 and verse 23 and what 22 and 23 david replied all right come with us so Ita and all his men and their families went along. Everyone cried loudly as the king and his followers passed by. They crossed the Kidron Valley and went out toward their, the wilderness. Mm. As a result of probably one of the most difficult times in David's life, like his rejection by his son and his son, you know, committing and performing mutiny against his own father, against his own bloodline, to the point where, like, his son goes in and sleeps with all his wives and boots David out, you know, or he's going to kill him. Like, probably, uh, David, by this time being, well, I don't know, and he's a middle-aged plus man, like, uh, and a king at that, being booted from his own country, having to cross the Kidron Valley and leave b- because of fear of his life. Like, this is an incredibly dark time in David's life. Now, the result of this story is that ultimately, you know, Absalom dies. They have a battle. Absalom dies. He comes back. Incredibly tragic. But this crossing of the Kidron Valley by David ultimately represented, like, he's like, man, I've got nowhere else to go. 
like the only way I can follow God, the only way my life can be preserved and the only way I can t- continue maybe to be king in the future, the only way I can fight this evil that has taken the throne is to leave, is to cross the Kidron Valley. The only way I can deal with this rejection is to cross the Kidron Valley and get out of there. And I, you know, I'm not necessarily entirely sure if this psalm, Psalm 23, was written before or after this experience, but it definitely relates to it. If it was written before, it was, you know, prophetic, writing mm-hmm. about an experience he would If it was written after, it's reflective, writing about an experience that he did have because he himself is walking through the valley of the shadow of death. That's what Kidron was to him at this time. He's walking through there because death is upon him and he needs to get out. But Jesus himself also had an experience in the Kidron Valley, if you didn't know. Let's go to John chapter 18 and verse 1. This is really cool. This is actually something I was spending time with the the pastor at my church, Pastor Ernst Williams, someone who we've had on the show uh, a few times already. You know, he's come in and done some hosting, told his testimony. And we were doing a brief Bible study before a church meeting that we had. And and he was pointing this out. I'm like, man, that's powerful. Do you want to read for us John chapter 18 and verse 1? After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Mm. Okay, so before this point, they've had the Last Supper, okay? this is And Jesus is saying it's the Last Supper. Like, he washes the disciples' feet. They drink, you know, eat the bread and drink the grape juice, you know, to symbolize the fact that he's going to die. Like, he's going to sacrifice his life for them. Judas has taken off by this point to betray him. And they cross the Kidron Valley here, uh, or the Brook Kidron, if you'll read in other, other verses. They cross this valley to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and pray. And Jesus is there praying for his disciples and preparing himself to be sacrificed for the sake of the world. In that sacrifice, like, the sacrifice itself represents him reconciling God to a race of humans who have rejected him. But even within the context of him committing this sacrifice of himself, he is rejected because he's like brought to trial, crucified. All of this, it represents, you know, this is the darkest time in Jesus' life to the point where Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross, says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God is no longer in Jesus's view, even though he himself is God. But the point that Jesus is trying to make is that he is being forsaken for the sake of the people, so that the people can be saved, he hangs on a cross and dies for them. As he's walking through the valley of Kidron, the shadow of death is upon him. He is about to die, but he is walking forward as our as our shepherd. We are sheep. He is about actually he's about to become the Lamb of God because he'll be sacrificed. But he's also walking through as our shepherd, representing that he will do what we don't have to, just like the shepherd is fighting the lions, fighting the bears, keeping the sheep safe. The shepherd here, Jesus walks through the Kidron Valley to sacrifice himself, to receive total and utter rejection from humanity so that then those who rejected him can be saved. That's what Jesus is doing right now. That's what Jesus is doing in this story. And I love how, again, we have this allusion to the Kidron Valley, what David went through, and now Jesus is going through it as well. But this valley of the shadow of death, you know, it's scary. It's like, man, how can I make it out of there? The shadow of death's upon me. Like, and why is there shadows in a valley? Well, like if you're in a valley that's deep enough, there's shadows on you because the mountains from all sides are surrounding you. It's like, that's right. How can I even get out? How do I even know where to go? 
How do I know what, which way is up and which way is down? Man, I know that we can get through the valley of the shadow of death. And you know the reason I know that? Because Jesus has already walked through there for us. Mm. He's already he's taken those steps. And not only has he taken those steps, but he has received the plight. Like he has received the result of someone who walks into the valley of shadow and death of death and fails. Okay, because for us, it's like we want to get to the other side. We want to get to the green pastures that Jesus promised us. Jesus has walked through that valley and and died so that we can walk through the valley and get to the other side. That's what God has done for you. That's what God has done for myself and Monica and producer Shell. Like that's how we can get up in the morning and say, even though we live in a world where, as I said before, we're swimming against the current. You know, we're going against the tide. Why don't we just give up and sin? It's too hard. It's too difficult. Like, death is upon us. You know, the valley of shadow of death of the death is like a reality that you are in every day of your life. You're a mortal human being. One day death will come upon you and you will no longer exist. But because of what Jesus has done, we have this evidence. We have this hope. Because he walked through the valley of shadow of death, he died on a cross for our sake. You know, his spirit was yielded up. He, he, he completely died. And then Jesus was resurrected, ultimately showing us, man, even if we die, we have this hope of life in the future. We have eternal life to look forward to. The valley of the shadow of death, you could call that the entire world. You could call that our experience right now. You could call that sin, being born into a sinful world. That is the valley of the shadow of death. But Jesus himself has walked through it. The shepherd has been through it. He's received the penalty. He's received the death that we should receive from the valley of the shadow of death. He's received that death so that we don't have to. And that's amazing. So, guys, I would just say, hey, look, if you're in the valley of the shadow of death, which you are, if you're wondering, man, which way do I go? Look to Jesus. He's already walked. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right now, we are going to have uh, some answers for our quiz today. We're going to get into question today afterwards. So what are the answers? Okay, question one. Jonah attempted to flee to Tarshish. That's where he was headed. So he left Joppa, went to Tarshish. Should have been going to Nineveh. Sorry about that confusion before. Mm. Uh, Samuel's mother's name was Hannah. According to Hebrews, uh, God um, disciplines his followers so that they might be partakers of his holiness. That was B. Uh, Gideon defeated the Midianites with an army of 300. And after Peter told Jesus that he loved him three times, Jesus asked him to feed his sheep. Mm. Mm. But right now it is time for... Question of the day. You! Okay, so... The covenants made with Adam, Noah, Abraham and David preceded the old covenant covenant law of Moses and God's old covenant moral law. So what was God's purpose for these other covenants and were they considered to be part of the old covenant? Thank you, Greg, for asking. Yeah, okay. Um, The first thing to say, because it lists four covenants there, Noah, Adam, Abraham, and David. Now, David, the Davidic covenant did not precede the old covenant specifically relating to Moses actually came afterwards. Uh, But let's have a look at these covenants. Uh, Well, actually just quickly at the Davidic covenant. um, This is referring to the fact that David's line would be, his lineage would be on the throne of Israel. We are not Israelites, but I just want to ask you the question real quick. Okay. The covenant made with Adam, right? The covenant is that sin has come upon the earth, but God will eventually crush and destroy sin. Does that apply to us? Yeah. 
Yeah, it does. Okay. The, the, the covenant with Noah. God floods the world. But then he promises that he will never again flood the world. And, and the, the sign of the covenant is the rainbow. It's like, awesome. Does that apply to us? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the covenant with Abraham. God's covenant was with Abraham was that Abraham in his descendants would become a great nation. They would have land and descendants and whatnot. But as a result of that, the, old, the end result of that would be that through Abraham's family, the whole world would be blessed. Does that apply to us? Yeah. 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 Are we the whole world? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it says yeah. the families of the whole world will be blessed. So we will be blessed by the Abrahamic lineage. And who came from the Abrahamic lineage? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, And we've been blessed by that. that yes, Absolutely. we have definitely yeah. been blessed by that. Now, like, so the question here is, oh, do those... Are those covenants the same as the Old Covenant? How does they apply to the Old Covenant? Well, from what we've seen so far, in the Old Covenant in the Bible called something that is no longer applicable to us, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, what we can see so far is that they had nothing to do with this quote-unquote Old Covenant. They were promises that were made that still apply to this day because one, God hasn't flooded the world. Two, you know, God is going to destroy sin. And three, through Abraham's descendants, the whole world has been blessed. All of those covenants have come true and are still applicable to this day. Particularly when you think of a covenant like the Noah covenant, like that's to this day, like God still hasn't flooded the world again. So yeah. and we we'll still destroy the whole world just, with water. Destroy the whole world with a flood. Yeah, yeah. Worldwide. We've had floods, but yeah. not like a global, a global mm-hmm. worldwide flood. And we still see the rainbow to this day as a symbol of that. But then the question is like, okay, well then how does the old covenant fit in? What is the role of the old covenant? Simply put, we go to Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 7, uh, verse 6, it says, Now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch he's a mediator of a better covenant, which is established on better promises. For if the first covenant had have been faultless, then there would be no place had been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the first covenant that I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of the out of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. Okay, the old covenant, the Bible says, is full of faulty promises, that the people didn't continue with it, that it came from Egypt, and that it also, it came from Egypt, it was made by the Lord between him and his people. Now, people would like to say that, oh yeah, this is talking about the Ten Commandments. That's, you know, the the existence of the Ten Commandments and the existence of moral law from God stems from this idea that there was an old covenant that was given to Moses. Well, I would disagree with that, and the reason I would disagree with that is because moral law existed before the covenant with Moses. And how do we know that? Because firstly, it was a sin to eat of the tree of you know, sin existed, and the Bible says clearly that sin is transgression of the law. But furthermore, like, Cain kills Abel. Is that a sin? Yes. 100%. Yes. What was the sin? Murder. <laughs> Where is that written? The Ten Commandments. So obviously God's law existed before this old covenant. What was the old covenant that was made? Well, Exodus chapter 19 puts it clearly where essentially the old covenant was a promise that God had made with his people where the people said everything that God will say, everything that God has said, everything that every statute that God has made, we will do. That's what the Israelites say to God. And the question is, did they fulfill that covenant? And the answer is no. In a very short amount of time, they're dancing around a golden calf, having totally left God. Now, if we come to 
Hebrews chapter 8, and it's like, oh, well, what is the new covenant? It says in verse 10, For this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put the laws in their mind, and I'll write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. It goes on to say, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins, and their lawless deeds I'll remember no more. Essentially, the new covenant is this covenant that we've had the whole time. God will destroy sin. Like, we have broken the law and left him, but now God will destroy sin, and he will do a work in our hearts and in our minds to enable us to keep his law and to come back to him. And that's exactly what I want. That's the experience that I want to live. Oh, and unfortunately, we've come to the end. Monica, you're not going to be here tomorrow. I am not. Weep now. Gnash your teeth. Yeah. Carry your clothes. Heat smashes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to our show this morning. We have some awesome programming coming up after this. But guys, have a fantastic day. Yeah. Be close to Jesus. Spend Amen. time with him, get to know him better and better, grow closer to him. But also, guys, remember to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide of Sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.